feel something just for a moment here. Don't panic. I'm not preaching. Are you okay? You feel good? Can you keep playing? I like it. Sounds soothing. Just a moment ago when, when, when we were minute when, when the Lord was speaking and we were flowing and there was ministry going forth. And um, talking about the Lord being enough, talking about giving God things. As we were doing that, I really felt in my spirit that for some of us in here, we have a trouble doing that. And the source of why we have problems doing that a lot of times isn't faith. Because to be honest with you, when it comes to faith, the Bible says, if you just have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain. The proportion of faith that you need to your problem is so, in a lot of ways, unproportional. A a mustard seed and a mountain. So as we were talking and the Lord was ministering and, and, and God was speaking and God was trying to pull some of you to say, listen, give me an opportunity. Give this to me. We're struggling. Why is that? I'm not saying this is the case for some of us, for, for, for all of you, but the, some of you, I could feel it in my spirit. I could hear, I could hear in my heart the argument that was going on. And it was this, but I'm not worthy. I would ask you, God, but I'm not worthy. I would would ask you, God, to do this, and I know you can, and I know you can do it. I just don't feel like I'm worthy to receive it. And some of us in here today, we can't ask because we don't feel worthy. Because of what we've done, or because we haven't met some standard and we haven't checked off boxes and therefore we don't allow God to work because we feel unworthy. We feel like our mistakes are too big or our regrets are too high and therefore we hear things like this. Let God have it. And there's a part of you says, I want to so bad, but I don't believe I am worthy. I don't feel like I'm worthy because if God does something for you, we're almost like Really? God, you did it for me? And so, our faith is suppressed in our feeling of unworthiness. And we think it's faith, and so we we feel like, i got to have more faith. i got to believe more. But really, faith is such a small thing compared to the size of our problem. It's not faith. It's the fact that we can't let our faith function because we feel so unworthy. And I could feel today, as, as my wife was speaking and the Lord was speaking in this place, I could feel the Holy Ghost reaching. And I felt some of you reach for it. And you, and you did it. You did it. But there was other you that you were reaching. But you were like, I would, but I don't feel worthy. I would, but I just don't feel like I'm worthy. But i got to be honest with you today. I got to admit something to you. I got to get it off my chest. I'm a hypocrite. And proud of it. 
I want to tell everybody in here today and confess proudly, I'm a hypocrite and I'm proud of it. Because I stand here every day as if I've never done anything wrong. And I've never committed sin. And I'm proud of it. You say, how can you do that? Have you never done anything wrong? Oh, honey, we don't have the time. We don't have the time for me to go down the list of all of my stuff. But I stand here today. I've never done anything wrong. He said, that is such a hypocrite. You're right. I am. But I'm not a hypocrite in my worthiness. I'm a hypocrite in his worthiness. Because you know what, Josie? You're right. I could never do anything to outpay even my smallest sin. Forget my big stuff. You know, the Bible says all sin is equal. God views it, we don't. I got my top 10 list. And that's good. My top 10 list is good. I mean, it's good. I mean, my top 10 list, it would make you blush. It's good. Don't let the soup fool you. It's good. I got a top 10 list that's good. I got a top 10 list. And I'm okay. You're letting God deal with, you know, I didn't pray today. God, forgive me. I'm forgiven. But my top 10 list? Mm. Mm. That's hard. Maybe number 10. And if I pray a lot, number nine. And if I fast for 21 days, number eight. And if he comes down and visits me with a vision, number seven. And if the pastor gives me a word, number six. But outside of that, man, number five, four, three, and two. And number one is just probably like off the list. So the Bible says I'm a child of God. I'm born. Romans says I'm more than a conqueror, but I walk around. And what does the devil do? Tremendous. The devil says, that's right. You piece of trash. No good. Do you know if people knew, if they really knew what you did? This side, please. This is me, okay? I don't know how he does with you guys. I'm just going to let him. This is a conversation we've had. Do you know if people really knew what you did? If they really knew. The funny part about it is the one that matters can't remember because it's under his blood. But yet I don't live that way because I've got it in me that I've got to somehow outwork it. And I'm telling you what, some of you look like a gerbil in a wheel today. You are running and running, but not making any progress because you're trying to run away from something that's not even there. And the devil has convinced us we can't act forgiven. And the devil's convinced us that, oh, if you act forgiven, you're a hypocrite. Well, guess what, baby? Watch out because I'm about to be a hypocrite. Because you know what? I got to be honest with you. Maybe this is a little out there and I, I, I'll dial it back later. 
But I refuse to live another day. Refuse to live another day paying my penance. If he told me I'm forgiven, then by God, I'm going to act like I'm forgiven. If he told me that his grace is sufficient, then I'm going to act like his grace is sufficient. And if you want me to walk around here and pay penance, you and me are going to have a problem because I'm not going to do it. And if me walking out of here forgiven is going to bother you, then be prepared to be bothered. Because the problem is, is that here's the thing. We don't walk around forgiven because we're thinking, well, they're going to think I'm, I'm, I'm a hypocrite because they know what I did. You know what? It should be a testimony to God's grace and His mercy and His blood that with what you did, you can walk around like you did. Like seriously, let's be honest. What is the sentencing for a sin? The Bible says sentencing for a sin is death. The line will start here. And you just single file after that. All who have sinned, we're going to exact your sentencing today. Line up here. Somebody in here I know has packing something. In your car, probably illegally. We'll line you up and give you your execution right now. Because outside of that, that's the only way. But you know, I know it's simple. I know you've heard this a lot, but it's one thing to hear and live it. But you know what? It would be like that. It'd be like, okay, line up, and there I go. The long walk of shame. And I stand here today. And it's like, read the crime. Joe, you're guilty of. Bop, 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 bop. Therefore, the sentence is. And all of you gasp because you know what's coming next. We're about to see this man put to death. Because that's what I deserve. But what you don't know is in the back, the door opens and a man walks in. He says, hey, stop. Stop what? Stop all that you're doing. Walks up to me and says, Joel, I love you. Step aside. Here, I'll give you my identity and I'll take your identity. I'll take the punishment. You can have my identity. I'll never forget one of the most amazing things. I know everybody's had this experience or maybe seen this experience, but it was really cool to see it in action. And I'm almost done, I promise. My wife and I, several years ago, had the opportunity to go with Brother Tony Lewis. He was adopting a little boy. Little boy had had some difficulty, difficult situation growing up. And the, the Lewises were so kind. They had taken him in. They were letting him live. Decided to adopt him. I remember my wife and I, little boy, little tiny. I mean, he was little. How old was he? Three? Two? Two years old. Two. Two little, little two-year-old boy stood in front of a judge with a stroke of a pen life was changed he, his life if it would have remained that way no telling what his life would have turned out but because he was adopted in that family he's been loved he's been accepted 
He's been taken care of. It's been amazing to watch that family pour into him. It's, it's amazing. All because of adoption process. If I've been adopted, why am I still walking around like I'm fatherless? If I'm adopted, why am I still walking around like I don't have a mother? If I'm adopted, why am I still walking around like I've got nobody? When I've got him? That's why the Bible says, come boldly before the throne. Man, my kids are, they, they never read that scripture, but they live it every day. Because when they come into the house, they come boldly. Dad! I mean, come on, let's be honest. If it was performance, my poor little boy, he'd struggle getting anything. God bless him. He was the other day, he's the other day, he, something's going on. I hear this commotion, drama, death, screaming. And I knew it. Noah! Come here! And he comes pouting. Ah, what? I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, why do you think it's always me? Because I said, it usually is always you. But you know what? It's no big deal for him. For me to discipline him and within 30 seconds later, turn around and say, Dad, can I get? I can discipline him with the sternest look and the most intensity of discipline. And 30 seconds later, he's like, Dad, I'm hungry. Can we get some lunch? He don't think anything of it. If we were in that situation and it was the other way around, we would starve to death because we wouldn't ask God because he disciplined us and therefore we have to pay our punishment and we're not worthy to eat. Just because he did wrong doesn't stop making him my son. And just because he made a mistake doesn't keep me from taking care of him. That's love. Would somebody here today, when you walk out of this room, would you walk out like a hypocrite? I would much rather deal with your hypocrisy than I would deal with your unworthiness. Because honestly, if you walk out of here with your head held high, I'm a child of God, perfect in all my ways. He said, well, that is just arrogant. And no, it's not. It's truth. Because greater is He that is in me. Do you know we talk about the heart? We've been talking about the heart with anatomy and disciple. And, the, and, the, and the, the heart is the center of everything. And the heart is the per- place from which all change begins. But you know what happens in the armor of God? What protects the heart? Righteousness. So you know why some of you have heart issues? It's because you don't have righteousness protecting your heart and therefore your heart is exposed to every fiery dart of the adversary because you don't live in righteousness. So we talk about anatomy of disciple and it's starting with the heart but you struggle because you don't live in righteousness. And righteousness is the product but justification is the process and justification means just as if you never did it. 
So if I have justification, then I can have righteousness. If I have righteousness, then my heart can be covered by the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, out of the heart, out of the heart, covered by righteousness, righteousness. And how do I get righteousness? I've got to go through the process of justification. And what's justification? Very simply, just as if I never did it. Does that mean that God, I wish, it would be awesome. Your hair looks pretty today, so I will try not to mess it up. But it would be awesome if God just went, all bad memories. I would love that. That would make it a lot easier. The problem is, he covers, but my brain doesn't. My brain remembers everything. I close my eyes, and my top ten list flies in my face. But he's under the blood. So what does it mean? To live justified takes faith. And faith is not something that has to do with your intellect. But you see, what happens is when you begin to live like this and believe this, all of a sudden the devil comes knocking and he begins to tell you of all the dirty stuff in your life and you go, yeah, I know. But? But you've done this. Yeah, I know. And? Yeah, but if everyone found out. And? But you don't know. You really can't. You can't sit in there and raise your hands and ask God for something knowing what you did. Watch me. Watch me. See, we'd never do that, right? Because we don't feel righteous because we've never walked in justification. But you know what? I've got to be honest with you. Look at this. Let's just go down just the highlights real fast. Nails. Nails, thorns driven into the skull, back plowed, face beaten, side pierced, heart ruptured. All of that to repay my sins. Do you think there's any sin that you've committed that's too great that that couldn't cover? And when you feel like yeah, but my sin's too great. You know what you're really saying? I know this is going to sound harsh, but help, walk with me. You're walking up to the cross and going, yep, that was good, but it ain't good enough. Did you want him to put in more nails? Did you want more thorns? Oh, maybe you wanted the back beating a few more stripes. Did the Roman soldiers not kick him enough? Did they not beat his face in? Did his own mother didn't recognize him? What more do you think it would take to justify the forgiveness of your sins? Should he have stayed on the cross a little longer? Was he 30 seconds short? Just 30 seconds more suffering could have covered my sins, but he just got short. Do you really think that's the case? Or did that punishment cover all sins? All sins, even my sins, my sins. 
to accept that, to know that I'm forgiven. What good is it to accept that and then not live it? Do you know what today? If you had a disease, let me, let me ask this question real quick. How many of you are in pain today? Right now you're in pain, physically pain, physical pain. I'm raising both hands up. I'm, my neck is killing me. Okay, those of you in pain, you're in pain? Okay. Trust, I'm not going to TV evangelist you. Just, you in pain? Feel that as a good? What if right now I walked up to you and I gave you a bottle and said, if you drink this, your pain will go away, never, and you took it. And it was true, but you carried it in your hand, but you carried it around and never used it. But you told everybody how awesome it was, but you never did it. God can forgive you of sins. But I got this bottle here. It just doesn't work for me. But it'll work for you, trust me. God loves you. But I don't know about me. How crazy would that be? You know what makes the best salesman the one who believes in the product the most? Not trying, we're trying to sell people Jesus, but we are selling Jesus. But I sell people Jesus because I've tried it and know it works. Can't sell somebody something I don't believe in. No, and I'm trying to sell forgiveness. I'm selling forgiveness because I've been there and lived it every day. Trust me, the hardest thing to do is to get up in this pulpit. You think sitting there is hard. How about stand here with the voices screaming in your head? What are you doing? What are you doing? Trust me, there's not a nice enough suit that can cover that. The only way to stand is by the grace of God to know that He's worthy, I'm not. And I'll never be able to outpay and be worthy enough. So I need to stop trying and start living. I got a word from somebody today as I close. You ready? Here's your word for the day. Stop trying, start living. There you go. Let's boil it all down to this. Stop trying and start living. You're going to spend the rest of your life trying when Jesus is trying to get you to start living. So you got a choice today. Walk out that room and keep trying or walk out that room and start living. Baby, I choose to start living. I choose to start living. Would you stand with me today? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, say, stop trying and start living. Tell him. Stop trying, start living. Start living. Start living. Now I wonder if we could just for a moment lift our hands in praise to the one whose blood forgives, for the one whose blood washed, for the one whose blood cleansed. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanks. We worship you. We honor you. We exalt you. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for your blood that washes and cleanses. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for watching me. Thank you for justifying me. Thank you for making me righteous through your blood today. Thank you for the blood of Calvary that flows in a river. Thank you for your grace and the throne of grace that I can stand before in faith and confidence. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood. Thank
thank you for your blood today that washes and cleanses and makes new and makes whole. Thank you, Father, that you love me. Thank you, Lord, that you saved me. Thank you, Lord, that you found me. Thank you for your blood. It reaches to the highest mountain, flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day today will never somebody shall never lose its power never that old song says that it and him I see a crimson stream of blood it flows from Calvary its waves which reach the throne of God are sweeping over me. Would you let that river sweep over you today? Would you walk out of here today swimming in the river of Calvary when you wake up tomorrow be covered by the blood, justified by the blood, Calvary's blood over your life today? Stop trying and start living in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Shake somebody's hand. Greet them. Tell them you love them.